0: This morning, we're going to open God's word to Genesis chapter 22. And that's where we will be reading this morning our scripture. As we look ahead, we're going to be moving in. Of course, next week will be Mother's Day. Is that correct? I have that straight in my mind? Yes. So next week, I do not know... For sure, but I have a desire and a hope, and a plan to actually have my wife here with me and to bring our daughter. Now, if we bring Sophie with us, I just so you know, Sophie is autistic. She's nonverbal. She's very she's a very happy girl, but not be. When I say nonverbal, I don't mean silent. <laughs> um, and so it is a stretch. We don't often take her to church. Um, and we could have that conversation. But I, I said to my wife, they have this thing called a silent room. <laughs> and uh, so I said, if it got too noisy, you could take her there. And, and they have Wi-Fi. Isn't that right? You have Wi-Fi here at the church, and Sophie plays on her iPad. Anyway, we're going to give it a try. And we don't often do that. So it says something. First of all, I had to be here a while, you had, and I have to have a measure of trust. And that's probably my problem because Sophie doesn't care. Um, and so we'll see if that happens. But anyway, if she's here, you'll know. Um, now you're now now you now you know. When you say hello to her and she doesn't say anything, I often tell people she doesn't talk. Otherwise, you'd just think she was a rude little eight-year-old girl. Um, but she is she is not. So let's open with the word of prayer. And Father, thank you for your time today. As we have prayed for many things, now Lord, help me to faithfully teach your word and to be effective in in helping these folks understand more so that their faith can grow and they can walk more closely with you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I am going to do what I do with you sometimes. This is going to be a longer service because it's communion. So those of you who can would you please stand up for the reading of God's word. It doesn't make you more holy but it does wake you up. And uh, it's good to move around. So, I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. I know sometimes my scripture passages are long, but it's God's word. It won't hurt you to hear it. So let's let's start in verse one. I read out of the New King James. If some of you wondered, well, what translation? It's that's just I, I I used to preach out of the King James, but anymore people just absolutely go numb when they hear it, and so I go with the New King James because it is. Very close to the original. So here it is. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in, in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his son and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Third time. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham, Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. You may be seated. Oftentimes when you preach, at least when I preach, I really want to communicate something. Uh Sometimes I finish and wonder if I said anything, and uh, it's always, of course, it's a two-way thing. One's preaching, one's learning, but I heard this story, out, uh, and this came out of Africa, and there was a new young pastor, and he worked very hard on his sermon, but he also felt because he looked so young, maybe if he would grow a goatee, he would look older, and they would respect him more, so he did grow a goatee. Supposedly, this is a true story. And he got up to preach his message, and he began to preach. And as he preached, he noticed there was a little old lady sitting in the front, and she began to weep. And he thought, wow, I am really communicating. I've got them this morning. And the more he preached, the more she cried. And and he thought, wow, God is working in this little old lady's heart. And he finished his message and and went to the back to talk to everyone as they left. And he really was hoping, and sure enough, the little old lady came. And he said to her, look, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for the question, but I just want to know, what was it about my message that touched your heart so? And she looked at him, and, and she, she pointed. And she pointed at his chin. And she said, and, and he said, well, what, what? And she pointed again, and she said, your goatee. He said, my goatee. She says, yes, my pet goat ran away yesterday, and I'm so very sad. And when I saw your goatee, I thought of my goat, and I just couldn't stop crying. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I feel that way. I have no idea if you know what I'm trying to say. But if you missed everything else, this is the tenth message on Abraham, and every single one has got one word in it, faith. We have talked about the first one. We talked about a step of faith, a wavering faith, a costly faith, a generous faith, a lasting faith, a misdirected faith, a growing faith, a praying faith, a worldly faith, and today we're going to talk about a tested faith. So please, if I ask you in a few weeks, do you remember anything about Abraham? Say faith. You'll make me, don't say goat. Goat. Don't say bald, don't say, it anyway, it, it, it is, it's about faith. And if we learn nothing else from Abraham's life, that's what we learn. Faith, and that is what we're going to talk about this morning. And we look at this passage, and really it boils down to how much is God willing to test a man? He tested Abraham to the absolute limit, didn't he? How much is a man willing to obey God? Abraham was willing to the nth degree. And what does God want to see? What did he want to see in Abraham? And what does he want to see in you and I? Faith. Do we trust him? Do we believe him? Oh, it's one thing to say, yep, I sure do. It's another thing to step out in faith like Abraham did and to follow him. Now, a little bit of background for this story This took place in history. There were no Ten Commandments in place. So when God said to Abraham, take your son and put him on that altar and sacrifice him, child sacrifice was rather common at the time. And there was no commandment for thou shalt not kill. God would never give one commandment and then tell you to break it. But it was common. God didn't allow it to happen. He took him to that limit and then stopped it. And it's probably one of the most dramatic stories in scripture outside of the crucifixion. But here in the story, in this chapter 22, we have the greatest test and the greatest truth. The greatest test and the greatest truth. Now, if we just walk through the story a little bit, we see in verse 1 that God calls Abraham, and Abraham says, here I am. And he's commanded to offer Isaac, and so off he goes with Isaac. Tremendous test. And really the question is, Abraham, how much do you love me? Do you love me more than Isaac? Do you love me more than anything? How much do you trust me? I told you Isaac would be be the founder of a great nation. Do you trust me? And so Abraham goes off, and in verse 3, Abraham, Isaac, two men, donkey in the wood. What did he say to Sarah? We don't know. But off they went. They got to the base of the mountain. The two men stayed behind. Abraham and Isaac go up alone. In verse 6, Abraham has the fire and the knife. He's the father. Isaac carries the wood. Later on, we'll talk a little bit more about the type of Christ, but Isaac carries the wood on his back. Jesus carried the wood of the cross on his back. Isaac asks, where's the lamb? All through Scripture, all through the Old Testament, up time to, to the cross, they, they sacrificed doves, goats, bulls, but they were always looking for the lamb. The lamb was always the best sacrifice. They sacrificed many animals, but the lamb was the one they most wanted. And, of course, Christ was the perfect lamb. And when he appeared, John the Baptist said, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In verse 8, Abraham said to his son, Isaac, don't worry, God will provide a lamb, as he did on Calvary, and then Abraham begins to build an altar. Now, I don't want you to think that Isaac here was an unwilling participant. Isaac, most scholars think he was probably between 15 and 20 years old. Abraham was 100 years old. Now, yesterday I went to visit an elderly aunt of mine that lives in George, and uh, she's 94 years old, and... uh, Dora is her name. We always called her Aunt Dora Jean. I was always actually kind of scared of her. Um, she was a little intimidating. Um, but I went, and, and here she came to the door with her walker, all bent over. And I actually knew her mother years ago. I thought, my goodness, here she is, her mother all over again. And she must weigh 80 pounds if she's all wet, I think. I don't know. She's a little tight. She wasn't very scary anymore. And we said, she says, well, why have you come? And I said, well, I've come because they tell me you can't go anywhere anymore. And I could either mow my grass or come and see you, and I thought it would be nicer to visit you. And she laughed and made the whole, the whole thing worthwhile. But you know what? At at 94, I'm pretty sure I don't have to be scared of her. I could take her now. <laughs> Abraham was an old duffer. Isaac was... In the, you know, I mean, he was at his top shape probably. He didn't have to, he climbed on the altar. Jesus didn't go to the cross because somebody made him. And he went willingly. Abraham, it says, by faith, Abraham, I offered up Isaac. And uh, Isaac was willing. God calls again. Abraham takes up that knife and he's got his hand on Isaac's throat. And he takes up the knife and God calls him Abraham and he says, Here I am. And, and, and God says, don't do it. The, the beautiful painting by Rembrandt, if you've never seen it, look it up on the internet, you can see it. I think it's in St. Petersburg in a, in, a, in, a, in a museum there. And it shows God holding this hand of Abraham. And Abraham has his hand on Isaac's throat. And Isaac's just laying there. And Abraham then looks and then comes the greatest truth. God will provide a sacrifice. It was the greatest test Abraham, take your son. But also, the greatest truth is God provides a sacrifice. He provided it to save Isaac's life, he, he provides it to save your life and to provide you with salvation. In verse 13, God provides a ram. Abraham names the place Jehovah Jireh, another name for God. The Lord will provide. <laughs> Probably the favorite name of God, I'll be quite honest with, for missionaries. Because sometimes you think, now what? Now what? <laughs> and then that's where he tests us, and you just ask Courtney, she'll tell you. She's probably got 12 stories a year, every month. Where's it going to come from next? The ram is, of course, a picture of Christ on the cross. A substitutionary sacrifice, the just for the unjust, the the godly for the ungodly, just like Christ for us. And in verse 15 to 18, you see God's approval. Abraham returns, and he stays there with Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees. We've We've learned different names. The God who sees, the God who hears, the creator God, and now the provider God. And there he is. So what are the lessons for life for us today? Well, one, God tests us to produce faith in us. God tests us to produce faith in us. Do you have any idols in your life? Now I'm going to switch the question. What are the idols in your life? Children? I have some people that I know and uh, their children or their idols. They will sacrifice anything for their children. No, we don't go to church because my kids don't like that. Oh, since when were your kids in charge? Oh, all right. Do you, or, and others, their grandchildren are in charge. In fact, I have actually family members and they act that way, so I don't hang around them very much because it's a very annoying. No, it's just a child. It's no more important than the other people's child. It's just it's a child, it's a gift from God. But it's not God. Your husband and your wife, they are not God either. And you should not love them more than you love God. You shouldn't love business more than God. You shouldn't love your house or your a lot of us carry little idols around with us today, don't we? It's called a it's called a cell phone, but really when it's a smartphone is when it really gets to be an idol, don't you think? How many of you here have smartphones? Would you raise your hand? All right. How many of you have dumb phones? Would you raise your hand? Okay, a few of you have dumb phones. All right, but almost everybody has a phone. Isn't it amazing. If you watched now, especially, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I'd even say, okay, once you start to depend on it, lose it. And do you see how people go nuts? I mean, crazy. But we would have idols. And that's where God tests us, doesn't he? Right in those idols. He tests us with that which is most precious to us. So what would it take to make you abandon your faith? Some of these things are very painful, so I say them with great respect. I watched my brother lose a daughter when she was 20, and I wondered what would happen, but he maintained his faith. Not everyone does. I've watched men and women abandon their faith because their spouse died unexpectedly, and it wasn't fair. I've watched people abandon their faith because they lost land or businesses, what would would it take? And God is going to test you and he's tested me and unfortunately I'm sure he will test me more in areas, will you abandon your faith or will you follow me? Don't let precious things or people become the object of your faith. Where's God in your life? How does he rank? What is the first thing you do in the morning? What is the last thing you do at night? What is the most important thing? Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who provides things. The crazy thing is the provider God provides husbands, wives, children's houses, phones, cars, toys. And if we're not careful, we end up putting them in a place higher than the God who actually gave them to you. So, God tests us to produce faith in us, and he's going to test you in those areas. So, when the test comes, realize he's doing it because he loves you. Now, this week, my wife is in Bogota, Colombia, visiting her parents for a couple of weeks, and so my older sister's staying with me. She lost her husband. She was 55, so we've had long talks this week as I worked on this sermon and about her living alone and Uh, I can talk about Sophie and why did God make Sophie autistic and nonverbal. That doesn't seem very fair. It really doesn't seem fair, I'll be honest with you. I've accepted it. He knows what he's doing. I'm to that point. Uh, Louisa and I have a deal with regards to Sophie. That is, we both reserve the right to feel sorry for ourselves one day a month, but not on the same day. And it's true. And there are times when all of a sudden it just comes like a wave. and you, My goodness, now how am I, why? And God doesn't even get mad at me when I say why. Um, And then the next day it's like, what was the big deal? She's just fine. And that is the key. My older daughter reminded me the last time I was having a very bad, yucky day. She said, okay, Dad, it's my turn. I'm 26 now, so I'm going to feed you back what you fed me. (laughs) are you ready? Because I always ask her, are you ready? I said, okay, go ahead. She said, I think the problem's yours. Sophie doesn't care. Sophie's the happiest person I've ever met. Yeah, I said, I know. But, she said, you have the, re- the right to feel bad. So you can feel bad, but not only, t- only today, not tomorrow. I said, oh, thank you. I love you so much. <laughs> but it's true. So number two, he'll test us in those areas where they're most precious to produce that faith. Number two, the story of Abraham and Isaac is a type to teach us the great truth of salvation, which comes by faith. It teaches us the truth of salvation, but it's faith that, that brings us that salvation. Isaac is a type of Christ. He was obedient to the point of death, as Philippians 2.5-8 says. uh, Dad, where are we going? Going up the mountain. Dad, where's the ramp? The Lord will provide. Isaac, climb on the altar. Okay. He understood. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew what was going to happen to him. But he did it anyway. That's obedience. Abraham is a type of God the Father. Romans 8.32, who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. There's your picture. And the ram, of course, is a type of substitution of Christ who offered as a burnt offering in our place, Hebrews 5.10. He'll test us to produce faith. But he put this story in Scripture so that we could understand it. And when we understand salvation, we get a hold of that through faith. It's all about faith. I want to read some sections here. And for your happiness, I'll tell you that I'm now in my conclusion. <laughs> if I can just find Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I, you can turn there. I'm going to read several just little snippets out of it by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. But uh, so just listen to all of these different phrases. and Then you can go through and underline them yourself this afternoon. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an, an inheritance. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Faith. By faith. I don't know if you caught that in, in, in chapter 11, but we're talking about faith. By faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Rahab, Moses, Noah. And I could go around the room here and I could say, by faith, Brad and Steve and Daniel and Thor and Courtney. and You put your name in there because you don't do anything without faith, even little things. I've said it before. I walked out to my car this morning and I felt my pocket. I got a key. That's well, fine, but what if I didn't have a battery? What if I didn't have any wheels? I assume when I get in there, it's going to start. I assumed I could drive all the way here. I assumed you hadn't canceled church. You can change the word. It's by faith I got in my car this morning and came here. It's by faith that you came here to listen. By faith. So what is the fuel in your, in your tank? What drives your life? What is it that makes, makes you get up in the morning and helps you get through the tough things? Is it faith? I hope it is. I don't know what fuel you've got in your tank, but put faith in there. Look at the life of Abraham and use it as an example. Walk by faith. And this last name that he revealed to us. And he gave us many names for God. But the last one is Jehovah Jireh, the provider God. You know what he'll provide for you if you ask? You know what scripture says? If you lack faith, ask for it. All you got to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the fact that your scripture is very clear. And that you will test us to produce faith. You will want us to walk in faith, Lord. But we'll be, I'll be honest, Lord, I lack it. I, 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 I wonder often, Lord, what you're doing. But you promised and said, ask and you'll receive. And so, Lord, I ask for faith for myself. I ask for faith for mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and, and grandparents this morning. Help us, Lord, to walk and believe and live by faith. And we'll give you the honor and glory for it, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.